You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here for you to help you with your summer home improvement project. So take a look around the yard, maybe in the morning while it's cool, and then plan your day. We know there's something you want to get done. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. We will help you take that first step. Too hot outside to work? Well, lots of inside projects can get done in the summer as well. Just give us a call and we will get going together. 888 666 3974. Well, speaking of summer, as we've already seen, those summer storms, including tornadoes, strike fast and without much warning, and they can be totally devastating. So we thought, hey, are you prepared? Well, you may not be. So this hour, we're going to talk about what we can all learn from the tornado that hit Moore, Oklahoma. And have you ever found yourself in need of a plumber? Like, immediately? Finding a good plumber is really important, but even more difficult when you've got an emergency situation. We're going to tell you how to find a competent pro the easy way. And have you ever wondered if you're able to get the best deal for your utilities? You might be able to do something about it. In fact, in some parts of the country, homeowners actually have the choice in terms of which company supplies their power. We're going to tell you how to use that power of choice to lower your energy costs. And also this hour, one caller is going to get a fabulous time-saving new way to cook dinner. We've got a new Frigidaire professional convection oven up for grabs, and it's worth $150. And we're going to give that convection oven away to one caller that has the courage, the fortitude, the bravery to pick up the phone and call us and say, hey, I need help with my home improvement project. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. We will draw one name out of the Money Pit hard hat from those that reach us for today's program and send out perhaps that Frigidaire professional convection oven to you worth 150 bucks. So let's get started. 888 Pit. Leslie, who's first? We've got Terry in Pennsylvania on the line who's got a gutter issue. Tell us what's going on. I have white aluminum gutters. And on the gutters that face the southern exposure um, the, fa- the part of the gutter that faces out is turning black, and there's, like, where the water runs off it. Right. Um, it's like a dark gray and um, just water drips all along the face of the gutter. So does it seem like the gutters are overflowing and the water is coming over the top and getting these sort of drip marks? Is that what's going on? Well, yeah, I have it. what's called, like, a gutter insert to keep the leads out. Uh-huh. And I know that, well, I'm pretty sure that that's not causing it because I had the same problem when I lived on Long Island. And it was only the gutters that faced south. And on Long Island, we had a um, a white aluminum top to the gutter to keep the leaves out. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the water would roll off of that and then go into the, um, it would be caught into the gutter. So it's a different type of leaf system. 
but I'm still having the same black drip. Right. Okay, so first of all, I would make sure that the gutters are not blocked and that water isn't backing up and overflowing that particular gutter so that because that water rolling over the top of it can get behind it, it can rot out your fascia. The dark stains are probably from the water and tree sap and everything else that gets into those gutters. The gutters also fade quite easily. The paint wears off and fades quite easily. So I don't think it's a stain that you're going to actually have to have to be able to clean. I think what you're going to end up having to do here, Terry, is repaint those gutters. So what I would do is I would wash them down with a trisodium phosphate, get as much of that gunk off, then I would prime them and I would paint them again. But just but do make sure that they're not clogged because that can be leading to the problem. Right. Yeah. No, they're definitely not clogged. And um, and I tried scrubbing it. The ones that aren't, aren't on the second story where it's worse, but the ones that are on the first story. Tried clean it with like a fantastic, and it bleaches the stain a little bit. But I didn't realize that the aluminum gutters was it like a hydrostatic or electrostatic painting process. What happens is, and you'll see this if you take the gutter and you wipe your hand over it, you'll probably get some white paint that will come off. It oxidizes because it's exposed to UV, and so then the paint doesn't tend to last uh, more than maybe ten years or so on an aluminum gutter. So I think though, if you clean off as much of the stain as you can, prime it, and paint it, it'll look great. All right, great. I'll give it a try. Ed in Minnesota is on the line and needs some help getting his deck ready for summer. What can we do for you? Yeah, I am uh, needing to restain my deck. Wondering what the proper prep is for that and what, most of all, what the moisture content should be before a guy stains. That's a great question. Is this an older deck, something that you had on for a number of years? It is, and it's it's a pine, two-by-six type Okay. So the most important thing is that you clean the deck thoroughly before you stain it. You need to make sure you get rid of any mildew or algae, and you can use a mildicide uh, to do that, a product like Wet and Forget or another mildicide to clean any debris that's off that deck. You ask an important question about moisture content. We'd like to see the deck uh, be you know, a few days without rain or certainly without it being sort of washed down so that the new stain or finish absorbs properly. One one little quick test that you can do is if you you know put a cup of water on the deck and it all gets absorbed pretty quickly, then it's probably okay to go ahead and stain it, and this way the stain will really bite down into that. When it comes to the stain, you're going to have choices of of clear, semi-transparent, or solid color. You'll find that if you use a solid color stain. Uh, you're going to get a lot more pigment, and it's going to stay that color for a lot longer than if you use a semi-transparent, which tends to show the grain of the wood through a little bit more. But frankly, with a flat grain like pine, it's not going to make that big of a difference. So I would recommend solid color. That answers my question. Terrific. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, the calendar says it, it's officially summer, and let us help you get your Money Pit and the yard around your Money Pit in tip-top shape for prime summer relaxing. We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. And summer means it's also severe storm season. Do you know what to do if a severe storm is heading your way? We're going to tell you after this. Uh, I'll take a ways to lose money with thousand. This phrase for a house that keeps needing costly repairs is also the name of a home improvement radio show. Alex. What is a money pit? Good. The Money Pit is brought to you by DeWalt. 
DeWalt's new rugged and innovative line of mechanics tools are so tough, DeWalt is proud to back them with a full lifetime warranty. When there's a tough job to get done, rely on a trusted name. Rely on DeWalt. Available at Sears. For more information, visit DeWalt.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now. 888-MONEY-PIT is the telephone number. 888-666-3974. We're going to answer your home improvement question, and perhaps you will be the lucky caller who gets a new Frigidaire professional convection oven. We've got one to give away. It's the ultimate time-saving way to whip up a gourmet meal with a large oven space that uses infrared technology to heat up evenly and and quickly. It's worth $150. It's available at Target through the end of June, but you can check it out at Frigidaire.com or call us right now at 888-MONEY-PIT. You've got to have a home improvement question. We will answer it and put your name into the Money Pit hard hat, and perhaps you'll win that oven from Frigidaire. So let's get to it. 888-666-3974. Pam in Missouri is on the line and has a question about installing a dimmer, a great do-it-yourself project. How can we help you, Pam? I have a room that has fluorescent lighting in it, and there's two entries into that room. So there's a light switch on each door, so it's a two-way switch. Can I put a sensor on that so that when you walk in and walk out, the lights come on and go off? Are you asking me if you can? Can you put a sensor on that? Yes. Is your concern that you want the lights to come on automatically, or is your concern that you don't want people to leave the lights on when no one's in the room? Both. Well, I guess you could use an occupancy sensor switch there, but you would need to set it in vacancy mode, not occupancy mode. See, in occupancy mode, the light comes on when there's motion. So if you had a three-way, what could happen is you walk in the room, the switch closest to you picks up your motion, turns the lights on. You continue halfway through the room till the one on the other side picks it up and turns the lights off. So that wouldn't work too well. A better option might be to just replace one side of it, just one of the switches, with an occupancy sensor, but set it in what's called the vacancy mode. So what that means is you manually turn the light switch on, but if there's no motion in the room, it will automatically go off. So we use these, for example, in the bedrooms, upstairs at our house because kids turn lights on, but as all, as we all know, kids don't turn the lights off. So if you set it in the vacancy mode, they can turn the lights on, then they'll go off depending on the period of monitoring you set. They'll either go off 1, 5, 15, or 30 minutes later. Oh, okay. All right. That would work. Thank you. Hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Olin in North Carolina on the line who needs some help with a radiant floor system project. Tell us what you're working on. Are you doing this yourself? Yeah, I am a do-it-yourselfer kind of guy, and um, I'm going to just do the rough end of the tubing myself. I'm going to leave the uh, the pumps and whatnot to the professionals, but <laughs> it's sort of smart to let the, have somebody to do the hard stuff for you. But I figure I can do the tubing myself, and my my uh, my uh, question regards the choice between PEX and Onyx tubing, okay. and uh about cost effectiveness and which one is more appropriate for my uh, my my region. I'm in North Carolina. Well, what type of subfloor are you working with? I'm I'm going to be uh, working on my existing open uh, floor joists and 16 inch centers. So I got plenty of space under there to staple up uh, either the aluminum plates or to put up the uh, rubberized onyx material. Mm-hmm. And what's going to be your flooring? Uh, above it, I will have a hardwood floor, it's, and uh, in some areas, I'm going to be putting down uh, the 
the cement board and tile on top. Okay. Now, when you're dealing with radiant flooring with hardwood, you have to make sure that the certain type of hardwood you buy is appropriate for radiant, and it's it depends on the way the graining is cut. And I forget exactly what it's called, but you have to make sure you buy the correct type of grain, the way the piece of flooring for the wood itself is cut. Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of shifting and movement just due to the nature of the heating. Right. Well, we, we, I hear that the uh, PEX tends to cause a little bit more uh, expansion and contraction in the tubing itself. Um, and my, my floor is actually existing pine floor. It's only a certain area where I'll be putting in the cement board and the tile. Well, look, I think it, either product, as long as it's installed consistent with the manufacturer's instructions, is going to be fine. PEX is really the more common known product for this, and we've seen it in many, many houses. PEX stands for cross-linked polyethylene. Onyx is cross-linked EPDM. So it's another formulation for a radiant tubing product. Personally, I would use PEX only because it seems to have uh, the history. I know that Onyx uh, was used a lot um, on outdoor applications for, like, snow melting and that sort of thing. But because it's inside the house and because it's got such a great reputation, I would use PEX. And I have seen PEX uh, become very, very indestructible when it comes to its ability to uh, work uh, with all sorts of conditions inside the house. In fact, I saw a demonstration once. One thing that's cool about PEX is the memory that it has. You can heat this stuff and stretch it to uh, twice its length and let it go, and it goes back to its original shape. So it retains its original shape. So it's a pretty impressive uh, product, and I think it's got the history, and that's what I think I would trust if I was going to go radiant in my house. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, after seeing the devastation that was left by the massive tornado that tore through Moore, Oklahoma this past spring, we thought it would be a very good time to review the best way to prepare your family for such a disaster. Now, your best bet for survival is riding it out underground. To do that, you need a designated meeting place, perhaps in your basement, that your entire household is aware of. It really should be free of debris and anything flammable. It's also a good idea to keep an old-fashioned transistor radio down there because this way you can keep up with the progress of the storm if the cell towers go down. Now, if you don't have a basement, or even if you do for that matter, another option is to build a tornado storm shelter. Now, FEMA has a free guidebook to tell you how to do it, or you can purchase ready-to-assemble kits. Tornado shelters, they're designed to protect you from an F5 tornado and architecturally can be blended into your home to serve a dual purpose. You can get one that doubles as a master bedroom room closet or even your garage but really the most important thing that we can all learn from the folks in moore oklahoma is that people there listened to the warnings and took them seriously otherwise it would have been an even more tragic event that it was a tornado there was rare it was so large the call went out to evacuate people understood that their lives were worth more than their homes and those who could got out fast and thousands could have perished if they didn't. So one way we can honor the people of Moore is by following their example in severe weather. Be prepared, pay attention, and act. Now we've got Dwayne in Arkansas on the line who's got a chimney issue. How can we help you? I have a rock chimney, probably about 30 years old. It's about six foot by four foot on the outside. The inside flue is about 16 inches by 18 inches. And the top part is capped off with mortar. And uh, over the years, that mortar has cracked. And uh, somebody has come in and put a a 
that sealer on top of it, like comes in a gallon or five gallon bucket, the black roof sealer, mm-hmm. to seal it off. And it done a good job, but I'm afraid if I have a chimney far, that stuff might melt and catch a fire and run down and catch a house far. Well, if you have a chimney fire, Dwayne, you're going to have a bigger problem than this because a chimney fire is super hot and can burn your whole house down. Right. So I wouldn't worry about it melting, but it wasn't the best thing to do to the mortar. Um, the right thing to do when you have cracking and and chipping of that of that uh, chimney area is you want to replace the mortar between the liner and the outside of the of the chimney. So right. that crown has to be broken off and then replaced. And it's not that big of a deal. I mean, you can go up there with a with a mason's hammer and break it off into chunks that come off pretty easily, and then lay in uh, a new ch- a new crown around it and just make make that slope go from the liner out. Uh, if it's got a couple of cracks in it, you can always caulk it to kind of buy some time. But replacing that chimney crown is really the easiest thing to do. That plus, you know, adding uh, adding a, a cap to it, a chimney cap, um, can help try to keep that water out as well. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I have about half an inch of the flue still sticking up. I didn't know if they made some kind of a mortar type substance that I could put over put over the top of the watch there. I would not put it on top of that asphalt. I would. I would. At this point, I would take all the asphalt out. See, here's what's wrong with the asphalt patch is that the water is going to get under that, and it can still deteriorate the mortar, and it can freeze and break and, and, and really wreak havoc on that chimney. So I would pull that old stuff out and just replace that chimney crown. It's not a difficult job to do. All right. I thank you so much. You're welcome, Dwayne. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Now we've got Kirk in California on the line who's dealing with a patio issue. Tell us what's going on. I have a 1974 house, and in the back I have a, a patio that I believe was probably poured in the 70s, too. It's about approximately 20 by 14, cordoned off into about six quads, um, separated by two by fours. And under the eaves, with a little bit of rain we get, and along the main walkways, it's kind of getting worn down a little bit. And I wanted to know um, how to preserve that. Okay, so first of all, in terms of the patio itself, if the surface is wearing off, you can use an epoxy patching compound on that surface. You know, QuickCrete makes a whole bunch of products that are designed just for that. You want to make sure you choose a product that's designed to stick to concrete and one that's designed to be a patch. Because if you try to use any type of uh, just regular concrete or mortar, it just won't stick well. It might look good for like a week and it'll start to chip and break apart. So you want to use one that's really going to adhere um, very, very well. Okay, but how about with uh, the epoxy? Will it still give it the original look? Actually, if you do it to the whole patio, it'll look like a completely new patio. It will be actually quite attractive. You can get it in different colors as well, okay? Okay, I'll try that. Okay, thanks so much. All right, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, having a plumbing emergency is bad enough. Now, not knowing how to hire a plumber is even worse. This old house plumbing expert, Richard Trithui, is going to tell us how to find a pro after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Starting an outdoor staining project? Make it faster and easier with Floodwood Care Products. 
Start today at flood.com slash simplify and use the interactive selection guide to find the right flood wood care products for your project. Flood, simple across the board. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Would you like to know one of the most important keys to avoiding major and expensive home repairs? It's very simple. Just clean your gutters. Log on to moneypit.com. Check out our gutter cleaning tips, and you won't get caught spending needless money on home repairs. The scope of home defects that can happen because of clogged gutters is a very long list. Cracked foundations, slippery sidewalks, wet basements, flooded crawl spaces, you name it. Don't let it happen to you. Go to moneypit.com. Get the information. Just search for gutter cleaning tips. All right, Gene in Tennessee is up with a roofing problem. Tell us what's going on. About uh, 12 years ago, I, I built me a screened-in porch on my house. I got a ranch-type house. Okay. And, and I used the metal clips, the little hangers to hang my rafters, and I went in beside of my rafters coming off my existing house, and it only gives me a uh, one-inch drop per foot, and uh, I had a little trouble with it leaking, and so... I had the regular asphalt shingles put on, and it leaked some. So when I had my new roof put on about two years ago, I, I seven years ago, I, I roofed the house, and they recommend I put a, a rubber roof on a 10 by 30 uh, addition to my house so the water would run off regular. And here recently, about two years ago, I had a, one of the new shingles put on my roof, and I noticed that while I was up there that the rubber seems to be kind of breaking down a little. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, you have a low-slope roof. You originally had asphalt shingles on that, which was a mistake, because asphalt shingles, you really need at least like a 312 pitch to put those on. If you've got a 112 pitch, that's not enough. So now you replace that with a rubber roof, which was the right thing to do, but now you're seeing the rubber roof start to crack. So your question is, how do I stop that? How do I protect it? How do I preserve it, correct? I won't, I won't add a few more. It was guaranteed 10 years, but it's about seven years old now, and I want to make it last a little longer, you know, some kind of coating. So what you want is simply roof paint. Now, roof paint is a very specialized type of paint. It's usually aluminum in color, and uh, sometimes they call it fibrous aluminum. And what it does is it has a high degree of, of UV reflectivity. So it reflects the UV from the sun back out again, and that keeps the roof cooler and makes it last longer. So I would I would definitely give it a coat of roof paint. And if you go to a, a home center or a, a roofing supply center and look for roof paint, you shouldn't have any problem finding it. Uh, it's very, very specialized. And we're not talking about, you know, the kind of paint you put on your walls. It's, it's a roofing product. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, the plumbing system is something that most consumers pay very little attention to. Unless, of course, it breaks down. <laughs> Definitely. And when that happens, you need it fixed. You need it fixed fast and usually to stop the water from flowing where it shouldn't be. So even though the water could be streaming through your ceiling, how do you keep a clear head and hire a plumber that can get the job done fairly and fast? Joining us now are two experts who know a lot about that topic. On the phone, we have Angie Hicks. She is the founder of Angie's List, a website devoted to helping consumers find the best professionals for their projects and service needs, and Richard Ruth. Thuy, the plumbing and heating expert on TV's This Old House. Welcome, Angie. Thanks for having me on the show. And welcome, Richard. Hey there. How are you doing? We're doing well. Richard, let's start with you. First off, plumbers have specialties, don't they? I mean, how do you make sure you find the right guy for the particular projects that you have? 
Well, there are good general practitioners, but we also tend to see there are guys that just do remodeling. They're used to going into these old houses and fighting their way into existing buildings. There are guys that just do commercial work, and we call those poodle kickers because you wouldn't ever want them to be at the residential house because <laughs> they, they would quietly <laughs> kick the poodle when the homeowner wasn't looking. They're not used to it being in the residential. Like people. Right, the they're finesses. not used to doing it in the residential environment. And then there are HVAC mechanical guys. So you really want to start with what am I trying to do? Am I trying to just repair something? Am I trying to do a full remodel? Am I trying to add a whole new mechanical system and find the right person? Now, Angie, let's go to you. It seems that many times the need to hire a plumber is not optional. It's more of an emergency, like when a pipe breaks. Are consumers more likely to make a hiring mistake when that kind of thing happens? Hiring under an emergency situation is sometimes a disaster waiting to happen because all too often we are overwhelmed by the experience that we end up hiring without doing our normal due diligence. So, you know, some of my best advice is, is suggesting, hey, find a plumber that you can work with before you actually need it. I mean, because emergencies happen at the darndest times. I mean, I had an experience over the summer where I had friends visiting for the weekend uh, and the ejector pump on my toilet went out uh, in my basement. And unfortunately, you know, the last thing anyone wants is to find out that their guests are plunging their toilet. Uh, you know, <laughs> there's nothing less inviting than that. And, you know, and then you're ending up, you know, scrambling to have someone come out and do that. So to get it fixed. So, you know, do your research ahead of time so that you're prepared when the inevitable happens. Richard, I think when it comes to hiring a plumber, you know, there's really some specialized questions that you need to ask. So how is it different when you're looking for a plumber than when asking for a, a different type of pro? Well, I grew up with the uh, a sign in our office and at home that said, the plumber protects the health of the nation. It's an old saying that we've lived by. And so with that, we come, we have this trust to bring clean water and to make sure the sewage goes away. So there's heavy licensure. You have to be licensed. You know, even becoming an apprentice nowadays is much harder. We're also the guys that are working with gas and there's safety issues with gas. And so we are heavily educated because we have to be and we're licensed. So I think it, it's with that comes, comes, comes a price in order to get a good guy. Well, absolutely. And that oh, licensing requirement, yes, let's not leave Thank the you. ladies out. That licensing requirement uh, really is a big commitment on your part to, to make that happen. And that really does uh, protect the consumer, right? That's right. Uh, we have to. We have apprentices that have to be three years of working there, uh, three or four hundred hours of schooling. And then they can, they can stand for their journeyman test and then they can go do another year or more and get their uh, master's. And so that's a difficult process. I mean, you have to work as an apprentice below real market rate. And so, and even then, to really be good at it, it takes a long time to know the tricks of this industry. Like any industry, it, it takes a while. You just getting your license is not enough. You still have to be in it to have the experience to do it well. Let's talk about the what it costs to hire a plumber. How do plumbers charge for their services? Is it always by the hour, or does it really depend on the project? They can range, you know, a wide variety. I mean, whether it be garbage disposals that don't work because we decide to put things in garbage disposals that that just shouldn't go there, uh, sump pumps. You know, some pumps are those silent friends. You think they're always working perfectly for you until the day they don't and your basement's full of water. Uh, clogged sinks. I mean, that's probably the most common thing we hear. Uh, and people think, oh, that's a do-it-yourself kind of project. I can get some drain cleaner and fix that. Uh, you know, but a lot of times you really want to call a professional and make sure that drain is cleared well so that you don't potentially cause additional damage. 
Uh, and then one of my favorites is the overflowing toilet. No one likes it in the toilet doesn't work. So uh, that's probably one of the more uh, dreaded experiences. You know, because so many projects for a plumbing situation really seem to be answering an emergency, Richard, is it good to have a plumber sort of in your pocket, one that you've got a relationship with and that you trust prior to any of these things going wrong? If you want to sleep at night, and most people have this, they have a plumber that is their plumber. And you mm-hmm. know, and this we you have a good bond with your plumber. Absolutely. I feel you like know, you get a good relationship. Our family business has been around since 1902. We're now dealing with fourth and fifth generations of families that we've maintained uh, their plumbing, and it's sort of a, a trust that we have together. You want to have somebody you know, somebody you can trust that you, is going to be there. And it's better to have that relationship before the emergency because mm-hmm. once you start dialing in the phone book at night and they, people don't know you, you're not going to get the same response as you would from, an, uh, from somebody that you already had an established relationship with. Great advice. Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating expert on TV's This Old House, and Angie Hicks, the founder of Angie'sList.com. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit and teaching us how to find and hire a good plumber. Richard, great to see you. And Angie, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, you can catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And for help finding a great pro to tackle your projects, visit angieslist.com. And Ask This Old House is brought to you by Angie's List. Get reviews you can trust on Angie's List. Coming up next, did you know you might have a choice in terms of which company provides the energy for your home? We'll explain how to take advantage of that option and save some money after this. It's a battle we all fight, cost versus comfort. But now you can end the struggle. With Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating Systems, you'll enjoy ultimate comfort while dramatically reducing energy costs. Mitsubishi's EcoComfort technology gives you single-room control so you don't have to pay to cool or heat areas you aren't using. These units also filter allergens, and there's no ductwork, so a contractor can install them in less than a day. End your battles with high energy costs at MitsubishiComfort.com. Mitsubishi Electric Cooling and Heating. Live better. As an Orkin man, I know how to bait for ants. Based on your home, I might use liquids or gels or granules. I know to bait with protein in the spring and sugar in the fall. I can find them when they're outside in the ground and when they've decided to move in and nest in the walls. Every colony has a queen, but I know every queen can be dethroned. Orkin, pest control down to a science. Visit OrkinMan.com to get guaranteed pest control. Getting ready to stain your deck, fence, or other outdoor wood? Make your staining project faster and easier with Flood Wood Care products. At flood.com slash simplify, there's an interactive selection guide to help you find the right Flood Wood Care products for your project. Plus, you can watch straightforward how-to videos that will show you how to apply Flood Wood Care products and print a supply checklist to take with you to the store. Get started today at flood.com slash simplify. Flood. Simple across the board. For more than a century, the same question has been asked. Who left the lights on? Who? You? It has been shouted by aggravated parents since the invention of the light bulb. But with the Lutron Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch, which turns on the lights when you enter a room and off when you leave, this question will never be asked again. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Save more. Shout less. Available from your local home center, lighting showroom, or electrical professional. 
DeWalt Heavy Duty Ratchets outperform the competition with three times the life of standard ratchets. Available in quarter inch, three eighths inch, and half inch drives, the DeWalt Heavy Duty Ratchets feature a 72 tooth gear system. Their slim design, anti slip handle grooves, and a low profile directional lever allow for maximum control and maneuverability in the tightest of spaces. Backed by a full lifetime warranty, DeWalt Mechanics Tools are available at Sears. For more information, visit DeWalt.com. For contractors and do-it-yourselfers alike, Sacrate has a full line of premium concrete, mortar, and stucco mixes, along with maintenance and repair products for concrete and asphalt. Sacrate has over 75 years of expertise helping people with their concrete projects. Whether you're laying a new concrete slab, repairing cracked concrete, or resurfacing concrete, Sacrate has the products to help you get the job done quicker and easier. Visit Sacrate.com to watch our how-to videos and for easy-to-use project material calculators. When tackling any project type, trust Sacrete, the pro's choice since 1936. It is brought to you by DeWalt. DeWalt's new rugged and innovative line of mechanics tools are so tough, DeWalt is proud to back them with a full lifetime warranty. When there's a tough job to get done, rely on a trusted name. Rely on DeWalt. Available at Sears. For more information, visit DeWalt.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Taking your calls at 888-MONEY-PIT. One caller who gets on the air with us this hour is going to win a professional convection oven by Frigidaire. It's got a sleek stainless steel design, requires no preheat time at all. It's big enough that you can cook a 12-slice pizza or toast six slices of bread. Worth $150 and is available at Target through the end of June, but you can see it online at Frigidaire.com or pick up the phone and call us at 888-MONEY-PIT for your chance to win. Well, many of us spend a large percentage of our household budgets on our energy bill. But did you know that in many parts of the country, you may have the power to choose the utility company that supplies the energy that powers your home? And that's a very good thing because anytime there's competition for your business, it leads to savings and even more eco-friendly options. That's right. You know, it used to be that a single utility company made or acquired the energy, whether it was natural gas or electric, and then they sold that energy to you. But deregulation means that your local utility company might just deliver that energy and you can actually shop around for the best price from another company to purchase that natural gas or electric. Now, there's a few things to keep in mind, and we learned about them from Michael Meath from the American Coalition of Competitive Energy Suppliers. What's the term for? In other words, how long are you making a purchase decision? Is it for a month at a time? Is it over a season? Is it over a year? Is it over multiple years? That's number one. Number two, is there anything at all different about the commodity and what might come with the commodity? Is there another service that comes with it? Is there anything else that differentiates it? Get that in very plain English from that supplier. Mm-hmm. Number three, understand what you can do to get out of the deal. Can you just walk away at any time? Also consider the billing method, the source of the electric or gas, and if there will be any lag time once you make that switch. For more information and some great questions to ask yourself before shopping around, visit competitiveenergy.org. Tony in Iowa is having a hot and cold water situation. What's going on? Well, I've got an electric water heater, and the the main feed that comes in from, from the city that goes into my uh, electric water heater, it's a cold line. 
But yeah, I get cold water to come out of my faucets and everything. But that cold water line up around through the up around through the uh, water heater there, it's hot. The the line when I touch it, and I'm just curious what's going on with that. So you have an electric water heater, and that's going to be fed by a cold water line, and it's going to go through the water heater and come out as a hot water line. That's correct. Okay, and so what's the problem? So far, it's normal. The the water line that goes into the water heater, the cold water. Yes. Yep. That line is hot. Well, some of the heat from the water heater can be working its way back up the pipe. So you may be feeling some conductive heat that comes from the hot water in the water heater itself could be making that pipe warm. But if you go farther down the line, you're going to feel that it's cold again. It goes in cold and comes out hot, but the fitting right around the top might feel like it's a bit warm. But that's only because of the conductive heat of the water in the water heater coming back up the metal pipe. Okay, that alleviates my concerns then. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, adding wood floors is totally a do-it-yourself project, even when it comes to complicated upscale patterns. We've got tips after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, if you've ever had one, you know it is just a terrible situation when you find yourself with a wet basement. And a wet basement really is a sure way to keep potential buyers from making you an offer on your home. If you want some tips on how you can waterproof your basement, head on over to MoneyPit.com and search basement waterproofing tips, and you'll learn the right way and some wrong ways to keep the water away. And while you are at MoneyPit.com, you can post your home improvement question in our community section or really anytime at the Money Pit's Facebook page at Facebook.com slash the Money Pit. And Betty in South Carolina has a flooring question and she says, I really love herringbone wood floors. Is that design something that has to be created by cutting special angles on the wood? I've looked and looked and have never seen planks pre-cut, especially for herringbone patterns. Can I, in fact, do it myself. It's a very specific type of layout, a herringbone floor, which of course will require many special angles cut specifically to your space. Now, a pro in the olden days could do this, make it really gorgeous. There are kits available, but even with the kits, you got to keep in mind that no room today is built perfectly square. There's going to be a lot of adjustments that need to be done sort of on the fly during the install. Angles may need to be recut. I don't know if this is, you know, an ideal do-it-yourself project for your first-time flooring project to jump into, and I'm not sure what your experience is with power tools and miter boxes and compound miter saws that you might need to create this. Um, it's definitely a beautiful installation, but there are some kits available on the market. Do a Google search. You'll find some out there. I think it's going to end up being a little bit more complicated than you thought, so it might be best to either hire a pro or look at some other ideas. You can also get kits for parquet floors, but you know something you said about the floors not being square. That's probably the most common um, misconception about any house. You always start by thinking, well, the wall is square, the floor is square. It is never, ever square. You create your own squareness by kind of figuring out 
where to start in the middle of a floor generally, never starting on one wall and working across because it never lines up on the other side. No, and that'll be so obvious with a pattern like that. Yeah, and you know, the most common sort of rookie mistake is you start on one side with like a full piece, and by the time you get to the other side, you didn't lay it out right, you end up with these tiny slivers that you just never go well. So, And one and one of the room is like four inches, and the other end, the cut's like two inches, and it's like angled, it's a mess. So you really can create your own squareness by starting in the middle with a line that's equidistant between the two walls that you're trying to join. All right, another question here. Let's try to get this one in from Julian in California, who says, do you know how I can get an old ink stain out of a sisal rug? I'd say if it's an old ink stain, it's going to be very, very difficult, but I would try WD-40. It is, in fact, one of the 1,001 uses for WD-40. Um, that fluid will break down the ink. Now, you might just want to try it, especially if it's a dyed rug somewhere to see if it also takes out the coloring, but if it's just sort of a plain, natural rug, I'd give it a shot if it really bothers you. It might actually work. Do it outside, rinse it thoroughly after you're done, and uh, you might just clean that right up. Yeah, you know, Jillian, I was going to say with the sisal rug, if this is an area rug and not a wall-to-wall sisal or it's manageable, get it outside. And once you do clean it with the WD-40, you do want to give it a good rinsing because that sisal is so porous. I mean, it's essentially just like a jute rope. Um, So you want to make sure that you get that out of the rug. It's going to be stinky and greasy for a while. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We hope you've learned a few things to help keep you busy and maybe a little out of trouble for this summer week coming up. If you've got questions, maybe you took on a project that's a little too tough, you need a rescue, well, head on over to the Money Pit website at moneypit.com. Post that question in the community section or on our Facebook page and we will get you the help that you need. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.